Well, praise the Lord and welcome to our Romans Bible study. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson here at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas, and I'm glad you're watching right now, whenever that might be, whether it's live right now, uh, Monday morning, 8.30 a.m. Central Time here in Texas, or you're watching maybe on the YouTube channel, which is Curtis Hutchinson 316, or the website, which is thecrosswaychurch.com, or the iPod. If you have the iPod app on your smartphone, then you can just type in Curtis Hutchinson or Crossway Church, and we have four or five different uh, segments on there. And also, I have a Spreaker account. That's not Speaker, that's Spreaker, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R. -E -E and just type in for those who have ears to hear, and there are over 200 uh, messages there. A lot of 20-minute radio uh, messages recorded for the radio and a lot of out-of-town uh, messages that I've ministered on the road, and that's uh, I record there a lot. So today is May the 13th. Uh, 2019, and this is part 24 of Romans chapter 6. That's right, 24 parts, and we will finish Romans chapter 6 today, I think. And we've got two verses, the last two verses in Romans chapter 6 to cover. And uh, But it's been a great chapter. It has been a wonderful chapter. And before we dig into these last two verses in chapter 6, I want to cover... <clears throat> Uh, what the main things I feel like that we've talked about in Romans chapter 6. If, and you really need to have uh, these things and, and possibly even more things that you've received from Romans chapter 6. And one of those things is the difference between the, the, the word sin used as a noun and the word sin used as a verb. And I know if you follow it, if you're following me in these teachings, you've heard this many times, but I'm telling you, you need to begin to read this sixth chapter with that mindset. I mean, in the forefront of your minds, never let this go. In this sixth chapter of Romans, the word sin is used 16 times. One time only is it used as the verb where it talks about actually committing, doing a sin. The other 15 times the word sin is used, it's used as the noun. And it speaks of the old man, the person, the, the sin nature that you and I and all peoples on the earth have been born as and with. We were the darkness when we were lost <clears throat> because we are a sin nature until we're born again. Then we're a new creature in Christ a new creature, rather, in Christ. And we are, we are that way when we get here. We're lost and undone, separated from God. Nothing we do can make us right with God. Why? Because we're dead in our sins. That's why the false doctrine of the word of faith and Ken Copeland and, and other ministers that, that make the comment that any man if they would have had the knowledge of Christ, could have actually played the part of the Redeemer. Well, that's so foolish because my Bible says that my Lord, uh, my Savior, the last Adam, came from heaven. Well, no other man has come from heaven. The Lord is the one that came from heaven. And the reason no man can pay the price for the sin debt 
outside of the perfect man, Christ Jesus, is because a dead man can't do anything, much less pay for something. A dead man, in the eyes of God, is just that. He's dead. He's separated from God because of his sins and iniquities. So you need to remember this. So when you read the Bible, you need to have some study material. Like I have, uh, it's called the Takarta uh, Bible on my smartphone and, and almost all the words in this Bible have an, uh, a line under them that you can just press uh, on the word like sin in verse 20 and you can eat and the options to define it are the strongs comes up and you hit strongs and it tells you if it's a noun or the verb and it actually tells you what it means and so it's, it's, it's wonderful. We, you, know, it, you can be saved and, and learn to live for God, but you can never learn as much as you could unless you study the Word. That means get materials that help you and listen to broadcasts like this and other men that only point you to Christ and what He accomplished at Calvary when they're explaining the scriptures to you because without the cross involved, the scriptures can do absolutely nothing because it was at the cross all sins were forgiven and the sin nature was crucified and defeated and, and we became dead to the sin nature. So never forget that. That's one of the most important things about this teaching in Romans chapter 6 and will help you even in other portions of Scripture when you dig in and see which way that word sin is being used. If you don't understand this, when you get to 1 John, you're, you're really not going to know what to do with 1 John and when it talks, uh, makes certain phrases about uh, uh, sinning a sin and things like that. If you can't look and see that that's a verb, that you actually committing a sin, and this speaks of the sin nature at work in your life, uh, then you're not, and that's why commentaries uh, on the same scripture, 10 different commentaries contrary to each other can be written because men have not stepped into this reformation that we are in as a last day's church. And that is where God is bringing his people back to faith in the only object he's ever given them and that is the sacrificial work of his son Jesus Christ. And now notice this, the only people that are that God is the only people that the, I'm talking about God's people, Christians, that he's going to be able to bring back to faith and grace, true faith and grace, which is faith in the cross of Christ alone, are those who realize sin is the problem. Yes, they've been forgiven. Yes, they've been delivered. Yes, the Bible declares you've been freed from sin. But that's our position. That's the declaration toward us. But the experience of victory, the experience of chapter 6, verse 14, where sin actually no longer has dominion over you, and that means the noun there where the sin nature can no longer dominate you is only going to be learned and experienced as you come back to faith and grace, faith in the sacrifice of Christ. 
Because listen, not only were you forgiven, but you were delivered from the power of sin because God, through what He did in Christ at Calvary, delivered you from the law, the place that you're held in chains, the place that you're shut up unto faith, the place that only points to Christ. And, and, and he, he came to redeem us from the curse of the law. And He won't take you back under the law. And the law is not just the Ten Commandments of Moses. The law is anything you think you have to do to be saved other than believe in Christ and His work at Calvary for initial salvation or daily victory. It's faith in Christ alone. That means His work at Calvary alone. And you need to learn these things. And I know that's not what's popular in the church today, but it's always been that way with God. It's the only object of faith He has ever offered humanity is the sacrificial way, His way of the sacrifice. And just because Christ has already come and did the work does not mean that we need to stop looking and having our faith in that work alone. When you move away from Calvary, through the wisdom of men, you move away from the wisdom of God and you are no longer experiencing the way of life that is above to the wise, Proverbs 15, 24. You, you can no longer experience the grace of God. The Bible explains that, describes that to us, to the, for the church in Galatia was told that. You've fallen from grace. You've removed yourself from Him. We need to remember these things. God is not just a case, sirrah, sirrah. God's not just working in spite of you. God's not just working without your faith in the sacrifice. Without that, God is not at work. And to end this sixth chapter today, I've got to remind you of some things. Psalms 33, 4 says, The word of the Lord is right, and all his works are done in truth. Outside of our faith in truth, who is a man named Jesus, and what he did at Calvary. For Jesus said, when you know the truth, that means who he is and what he did at Calvary, at the cross, the truth will make you free. And he's talking about being free from sin. So you need to understand that. God only, if all his works are done in truth, Psalms 33, 4, write it down, go look it up, Psalms 33, 4. You've got to know this. You've got to know this. If you don't, you'll just keep playing make-believe with God. And you'll be very disappointed at the judgment seat of Christ if you even end up there. And you don't end up at the, at the great white throne judgment. You need to know that all God's works are done in truth. That means that he doesn't do anything outside of truth, outside of Christ and what Christ has provided at Calvary. You need to know that. Now, I'm just talking about Scripture. I know preachers have thrown the... I don't know why. Many men that I've shared this with, they won't bring it to the pulpit. I guess they just don't believe it. They just don't believe it. All God's works are done in truth. You need to know that. So when you accept that and you come to that conclusion, then you'll have to admit that many things you've been told that were God were not God because they weren't in the truth. God does not work in just the best uh, that we know and what, what knowledge we claim to have. God only works in the truth. Now that's what the Bible says. And God is bringing His last day's army back to the place of just simply believing the Bible and what it says, whether we can explain it or not, that's what it says. And until I can explain it, I'm just going to believe it anyway. 
And here's a couple more. Proverbs 8 and 8. God says, all the words of my mouth are in righteousness. Every word he's ever spoken is, they are, his words are truth, but they are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. Write it down. Don't get mad. Write it down. Go look at it. You'll be glad you did if you really are one who's hungry for truth, that you really want to make sure you're following the Lord and not one of those that end up at the great white judgment telling the Lord all that you did in his name and he says, I don't even know who you are. Listen, write it down, go look it up. I don't want to be faked. I don't have to fake it till I make it and I don't want to fake it and then find out I didn't make it. I want to walk in the truth, the reality of the light of who Christ is. Praise God. All the words of my mouth, God says, are in righteousness. And righteousness, Romans 1, 16 and 17, there you go with your pencil. Get it? Here's what it looks like. Write it down. The righteousness of God, Romans 1, 16 and 17, is only revealed in the gospel. In the gospel. So every word God has ever spoken can only be understood as it is viewed through Christ. Who He said the scriptures were about Him. Through Christ and what He accomplished for us at Calvary. Every word must pass through the cross of Christ or it will be out of context. This such is men teaching that you have to do something to be saved. That did not pass through the exclusive work for our salvation. It did not pass through Calvary. It bypassed Calvary because people that say, yes, it took the cross, but it also take no, but but it also takes is a removal of grace. We're not saved by works, but by grace alone, through faith. Lest any man should say, and also, which is a boast in what we do, instead of just praise and glory to God through what he did alone at Calvary. Think about these things this morning. This kind of talk right here, given you with scripture, is what the church needs to hear today. We don't need any more hankies waved around. We need to learn the truth because if we don't know the truth, we can't ever learn to love the truth and we will not be found walking in the truth and God will not be at work in our lives and we will just be faking it because there is a form and there are other spirits and other gospels and other Jesuses Paul warned of. I don't want to follow a false Jesus. I don't want to be listening to a false gospel. I don't want to be led by a spirit that can lead and make me feel uh, like there actually is something going on, but it's not the Spirit of God. Listen, those that be led of the Spirit are not under the law. Galatians 5.18. That means those that are led of the Spirit are only led by Him to and under grace, not doing for salvation, not doing for sanctification. We cannot get in the kingdom by anything we do, not by works, but once we're in the kingdom, there are many works, but they're all in Christ, Ephesians 2 and 10. They're all in Christ. 
Now, I'm sharing these things again with you today. Even if you've heard them, listen, they're not grounded. We're not established in this enough because I've seen people listen to this teaching for years and then fall away. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Best thing I've ever heard. And now they're in a place they're no longer listening to it. Don't think for a moment that we cannot be deceived and fall away. When you begin to think that, you got one foot headed toward the door of exit already. And these things we must remind each other about at all times. These scriptures that I'm giving you, you need to write them down. You need to know them. You need to begin to share them with your friends and relatives and co-workers so they can make sure they're calling an election. They can make sure they're not faking it. They can make sure it's not another Jesus. It's not another gospel. It's not another spirit because those things are out there and they get, listen, they deceive. They have deceived even ministers for 60, 70 and more years. God only works in truth. All the words of his mouth are in righteousness and righteousness is only revealed in the gospel. Righteousness only comes through grace and grace only comes through faith in the death of Jesus. Galatians 2 and 21. Galatians 2 and 21. This is a pencil. This is paper. I'm not being funny. I'm not trying to demean anybody, but write these things down. Don't just amen and hit the like button and, and also hit the share button and write these things down. Go and look at them with your eyeballs and let the Holy Spirit encourage you and begin to put the Word of God together rightly, righteously dividing His Word in your heart that you can become a witness unto Him, a greater testimony to all the people that God has put in your sphere of influence. And yes, you do have one. Romans chapter 6, let's look at, at verse 20 and we'll roll through these last four verses for sure today. And because another, another thing we need to remember in, in Romans chapter 6 is that no matter who you are, no matter where you are, every human being right now at this very moment is a slave. <clears throat> it's either to the sin nature or it's to Christ. And our faith is in his obedience unto death. And that's, how, that's what makes us a servant of righteousness. Go back and listen to the teaching if you've missed it. But you were freed from sin and you became a servant of righteousness when you believed, which God calls obeying that form of doctrine, the message of the cross, the gospel, the truth of God's word concerning Christ and his work at Calvary. Think about that. Think about that. And when you believe you were delivered for being a slave to the sin nature, and now you're a slave, a servant unto Christ. And the way we serve Him is by serving righteousness. And the way we serve righteousness is by simply put, maintaining our faith in that one thing that God used to make us a servant of righteousness. Faith in His work of righteousness at the cross. That one work that took our sin away and imputed unto us His righteousness. And not only does God declare that we're righteous in Christ, but He also is looking 
for that perfect work in us that he desires to do, which will always be fruitful with the fruit of his righteousness, which is unto holiness. And you need to go back and listen to the teachings. And we, we, we don't want to run out of time before we get through this today. Verse 20 in Romans chapter 6, For when we were the slaves of the sin nature, we were free from righteousness. Couldn't serve righteousness. Couldn't get there. Couldn't, couldn't have the fruit of righteousness. When we were the slaves of the sin nature, what fruit had you then in those things whereof now you're ashamed? And if you're a Christian and you're living for God as a Christian, you're ashamed of that. You're ashamed of the way you used to be. It is because it is a shame we were the way we were. He says because the end of those things is death. And that means the sin, the darkness we were, the sin nature is separated from God. So verse 22, but now being made free from sin, and here again, being made free from the sin nature, not just the guilt and the shame and the fear and all that sin brings, but free from the very sin factory, the sin nature, from where every evil desire comes, that sin nature. We've been made free from the sin nature, and we've become servants, slaves to God. So now we have our fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. Because the wages of the sin nature is death. The price of the sin nature is death. The, pri the wages of sin is death. Let me talk about sin for a minute. Sin it's something you and I and every human being is born into this life as we are sinners. When we get here, before we ever actually commit a sin, we're sinners because we were in Adam many, many years ago and we're all the fruit of his loins and he became a sinner. Therefore, we're all born in the likeness of Adam's image and we're sinners like he became. And we're separated from God when we get here. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again to get in the kingdom or to even see it. John chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. To get in the kingdom, to be saved, or to even see the kingdom, you must be born again. You must die to that who you were and become a new creation in Christ, out of the first Adam into the last Adam, Jesus Christ. Now think about that. But as a child of God, born again on our way to heaven, when we allow sin to come into our lives and begin to dominate us again because we're not fighting the good fight of faith because our fight is not against sin, don't ever think that. Our fight is one fight. It's a good fight. It's to keep our faith in what Christ did because he won the victory for us at Calvary. And when our faith is there, then sin will no longer dominate us. There will always be a striving between the flesh and the spirit. Galatians chapter 5 tells us that. But, but the flesh will never be fulfilled if we walk after the spirit. And the Bible tells us in Galatians 3 that we began in the Spirit, 
by believing in Christ and His work at Calvary. Therefore, we continue walking after the Spirit by keeping our faith in Christ and what He did at Calvary. And there in that place alone can sin not dominate us. Doesn't say you won't be tempted. Doesn't say you won't ever sin. But it will tell you sin won't dominate your life any longer because you've stepped in by faith in Christ to the victory He afforded you at Calvary by placing your faith in the very work He did there. You need to remember that. Our fight is not against sin. Our fight is one fight. It's a good fight because our fight is to keep our faith in the sacrifice of Christ. If you think that's simple and that's easy, then you just go ahead and start trying to do it and you'll find out from every avenue outside, every road, every bill, everything is trying to get you to move your faith to something else other than the work of Christ at Calvary. For you and me, as children of God, our, the, the wages of sin is death. You and I, as Christians, can be separated in our fellowship from God. Now, you need to write these scriptures down. I'm not just up here making things up. Galatians 1 and 6 says we can remove ourselves from Him. That's exactly right. I hear you saying, well, He promised He'd never leave me or forsake me. That's absolutely right. Hang on to that. But you... And me, we can remove ourselves from Him. The Bible tells you that, Galatians 1 and 6. Here we are back to the pencil and paper again. Write it down. Go look at it. I want you to see it. Not just turn me off and say He doesn't know what He's talking about. And that's Galatians 1 and 6. And Galatians 5, 1 through 4 tells Paul, the Holy Spirit through Paul tells the church in Galatia, if you move your faith from the sacrifice of Christ, you've fallen from grace. You've fallen from grace. And never forget, God's grace is not something just floating around covering you. God's grace is what God did in Christ to save you at Calvary. Jesus, Hebrews 2, 9, tasted death for all men by the grace of God. And that grace alone that he tasted death by is the grace he offers you through faith. In that death alone comes that grace that power to be delivered and freed from sin. It is not something just floating around keeping you because you're a child of God until you get to be with the Lord. No, grace, never forget it here. Pencil time, pencil and paper. God's grace is God doing something in your life. You cannot do, you cannot pay for, you cannot earn, and you don't deserve to have it done. But through your faith, in Christ, the one who is worthy, and what he accomplished for you at Calvary, God begins a work in you. And God will continue that work in you as long as you keep your faith in that which allowed him to begin. But if we fall from grace, doesn't say you lose your soul at that point. It says you fall from grace, which is us removing ourselves from the place God works. Remember Psalms 33, 4, you wrote it down. If you didn't, you should have. All his works are done in truth. And that's the truth that makes you free from sin. Praise be to God. See, some people would say, well, this is kindergarten. This may be kindergarten, but this is where the power of God is found. The preaching of the cross is the power of God because it is where we place our faith that allows God the Holy Ghost to do everything He will ever do in our lives. 
And I don't know about you, but I want him working in me to change me. That's more than something I declare. It's not a fun thing to be changed, but it is a glorious thing to God. And we are here to glorify God, not to glorify and magnify ourselves. It's not a fun thing to go through the, the life, the transforming uh, way of the Holy Spirit to be changed and conformed into the image of Christ because we're so bent out of shape. The Holy Spirit is trying to shape us in the image of Christ, conform us into His image. And I know you're thinking, well, we already are. In your position in Christ at the right hand of the Father, you are who you will always be. But here in experience, we are being changed by the glory of God as we behold that glory by His Spirit who is God but can only work in the truth. We are in a second reformation. We, listen, we're, God is bringing His people back to the only place, the true place that He can work. Faith in that form of doctrine that saved you from sin, freed you from sin, and made you a servant of righteousness. And the overall statement about Romans 6 is this, and I'm out of time, but listen. Nobody is, is, is producing the fruit of holiness unless they're serving God. Nobody, nobody is serving God unless they're serving righteousness. And nobody, nobody is serving righteousness unless their faith is in that which made them a servant of righteousness. Romans chapter 6 teaches every single bit of that process I just spoke to you. And I know for those of you who have ears to hear, who will grab a hold of this truth, there will be a freedom for you and a liberty for you that you've not known since you've been born again. And it will even be greater now because this is the path, though it be narrow, that life is found and experienced daily by the child of God. I want you to know I love you and I'm praying for you and I'm asking God to bless you with the more knowledge and grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't forget the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316, the website, thecrosswaychurch.com and right here on my Pastor Curtis Facebook page every Monday morning, Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. We're teaching Romans and Friday mornings at 9 a.m. Central Time. It's also live. We're speaking on the subject of righteousness. Please be with us. Please support the ministry praying for us. You can donate on the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Share these messages with all of your contacts. That way they can know there is a place they can hear the truth of God's Word in righteousness and find God at work in their lives. I love you. Until next time, make sure that you know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. I'll see you next time.